One is filled with admiration on penetrating into the sanctuary of the Kabbalah, at seeing a doctrine so logical, so simple, and at the same time, so absolute. The necessary union of ideas and signs, the consecration of the most fundamental realities by the primitive characters, the trinity of words, letters, and numbers, a philosophy simple as the alphabet, profound and infinite as the word, theorems more complete and luminous than those of Pythagoras, a theology summed up by counting on one's fingers, an infinite which can be held in the hollow of an infant's hand. Ten ciphers and twenty-two letters, a triangle, a square, and a circle. These are all the elements of the Kabbalah. These are the elementary principles of the written word, reflection of that spoken word that created the world. Ten are the numbers. Out of nothing, ten. Not nine, ten. Not eleven. Comprehend this great wisdom. Understand this knowledge and be wise. Inquire into the mystery and ponder it. Examine all things by means of the ten. Restore the word to its creator and lead the creator back to his throne again. He is the only formator, and besides him, there is no other. His attributes are ten and without limit. Hello and good afternoon. I'm Douglas Bowles, and you're listening to 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and the SyncBook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. You can find us online at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Tuesday, the 3rd of February, and today marks the end of our man shows. It's been a fun experiment to spend an entire month with one work. And that work being Manly P. Hall's Secret Teachings of All Ages, and it's been a giving volume to explore. If you missed any of the series, be sure to go back and check it out. Although Taylor Swift and Megan Trainor think we men are nothing more than liars and dirty, dirty cheats of the world, the sick beat we are going to get down with today is the secret teachings of the Kabbalah, the ancient Jewish superphysics. And we'll do so with a couple men who are no strangers to SyncBook Radio and no strangers to the Kabbalah. Today we share 42 minutes with Andras Jones, creator and host of Radio 8 Ball and the author of the SyncBook Press title, Accidental Initiations, as well as David Plate, SyncBook 2 author and host of the SyncBook Radio program, Always Record. Lots of information on these guys can be found at our own website, thesyncbook.com. We shall begin the program today by consulting with the Radio 8 Ball, and I'm going to ask a question at the to the Oracle, the Pop Oracle at radioapeball.com. And so here is my question. I'm going to the page now, and we'll start the show with the answer. Uh, what is the secret teachings of the Kabbalah? And my answer is. Number 72, the Mona Mona Reels. Are we breaking up tonight? Five of discs, worry. Here you go, Ashley. Walking through your open door It isn't home to me anymore You 
you've got a luck that needs explaining I'm shaking and I'm sure it shows But it's only cause I've gotta know Are you through with me now, baby? Are we breaking up tonight? Are you really gonna end my life tonight? See me howl in pain and say, darling, it's alright. Are you gonna leave me in defeat to take a loser's walk down lonely street to the city dark where the broken hearted meet? I don't think they ever I thought that we could have a beer And stay together for another year But you don't seem to feel like waiting Nothing new to do or say But I'll do everything to make you stay Even hyperventilating And love is a road of faith how it can tear you up in anger She's watching my decline From the position of a stranger Remember when I used to call Now we don't even talk at all Are we breaking up tonight? Are you really gonna end my life tonight? As you calmly say, would you kindly leave my sight? Don't even try to take my hand and say, baby doll, I understand. Sometimes love just lives to be set free. And I think we're history. I think we're history. Okay. So that was the answer to the question, what is the secret teaching of the Kabbalah? And uh, on, in the Pop Oracle at Radio8Ball.com, there are 78 songs, and each song corresponds with a card from the tarot deck. And as, uh, as you heard, a lot of the songs that are in it are songs that were recorded uh, over the history of Radio 8 Ball. And that was Peter David Connolly who was the musical guest at the Olympia Sync Summit, at which uh, the David uh, attended and was, uh, well, one of the stars of in, his, in, his, in his, uh, his way of holding court and blowing people's minds with a, a nonstop a stream of wisdom pertaining to the Kabbalah and pop culture. So uh, makes me really curious what, what you got out of that question, David, as far as Doug's oh question. man! Well, immediately the first thing I think of isn't the um, if you if you're talking about the it's the five of discs um, worry um, is in the in the rider deck. You know when you're looking at that card, it pictures uh, you know a, a couple people standing in the snow, walking past um, the stained glass windows. So you can assume that they're walking in front of a church or a temple, right? Oh, and they're they're um, 
they're kind of covered in bandages and you can see that they're they're victims of circumstance um if it immediately you know generally speaking like if you're looking at a temple you're looking at a representation of the body and so my understanding of that card the way i've always related to it is that the the reason why it's worry other than the fact that it's off center in regards to the tree um is that they're, they're for whatever reason they don't they don't feel that they're permitted because of whatever it is that they've done or the circumstances of their life that they're allowed admittance into their own body. So um, to, to go, I mean, that's the essence of the tree of life is that it's literally the, the energy that exists within you. It's, it's uh, the sense of I amness and the specific dynamics to which energy flows. So the shefa as it moves from above to below and moves through you and gives you your life energy uh, to be in touch with that is the real great work, right? Um, so I find it kind of applicable in regards to the song. What was the first line of that song? The you... about the open door. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, no, that's that the thing the... is that they're not allowed entry into the. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah no, it's very applicable. Yeah, I like that. But it's fascinating because initially my surface reading was okay. So this is about me breaking up with Manly P. Hall. The series is over. <laughs> but then on a deeper level to what you just said is I've always really felt that the Kabbalah is the esoteric teaching that has been impenetrable to me that I that door is not open for whatever reason there's something too too dense about it for me to to actually get it well you know what Kabbalah means literally I mean it, it means to receive um, and the, the implication of the way that that's generally taken is, is not as much about something that, that like if something's imposed and that's the ought, right? That's, that's knowledge. If something moves through in a natural way and doesn't require that, like you don't have to be convinced of something. Kabbalah isn't something to be convinced about in the usual sense in terms of it's not something to add to one's belief system because it's all about ac applicability. So if you apply something and it, and it proves itself, that's different than just having a concept and kind of enforcing it. Like, you'd never have to fight over your views on Kabbalah. If you're fighting over your Kabbalistic views, then you're probably missing the point. Um, because it's more about getting out of the way than it is about, um, you know, kind of enforcing an idea. Um, does it... <laughs> what, what, kind of, what kind of message did you get, Andras? Um, well... For me, Kabbalah is a very and uh, and radio eight ball synchronicity. It's all of a piece, and it's all a very personal experience. When I what I was thinking about was that there is a way that by entering into a relationship with that profound truth, it does, in a sense, break you up with, a you know with certain forms of consciousness that were comfortable before like he has this there's a line i thought that we could have a beer and hang together for another year um there is some sense and i'm not saying that by engaging in kabbalah means you can't go and have a beer but it does mean that you have to pay that and i think this is true with anything that brings you closer to just an awareness of what actually is that when you have that awareness, it means that you are you're much more conscious of each 
interaction and by interaction that could that means what you eat what you buy who you spend time in a room with mm -hmm. um all of those things and some of those might look like you know like going through the open door one way means going out out the open door the other way so in a way the song the worry in the song seemed to be like maybe like people who are worried about people who get caught up in the quote cult of Kabbalah or any other truth-seeking um, teaching, and it's like, why? I'm worried about you. You're. Why are we breaking up tonight? And then the person who's, if it was me, who's in, and who's in, who's following the path towards that divine truth is saying, no, we're not. No, we're not breaking up tonight. But I am going through this open door, and if that looks like breaking up to you, then right. I guess. Pick another card. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a here's a really pretty song to, to listen to. Sliding into Manly P. Hall, then. Yes, slide into Manly. <laughs> <laughs> David, what was your initiation into the Kabbalah, and then what did you make of you know Manly P. Hall's take on it? Well, for, first of all, when I was when I was young, when I was um, you know in my early 20s and uh i think i was i think i was 18 when i first got into kabbalah but my my introduction into kabbalah my first years were all from european occultists so i mean i discovered manly p hall probably first i mean or if not first close to it um and you know obviously i, I got into alistair crowley who i went back and forth with and then i was like reached a point where i was like all right fuck it and i went way deep into crowley's work israel regarde all of these people um manly p hall is one of my favorites because he he's not as um he doesn't you don't see as much of his personal uh i don't know how to explain it like it, it, it doesn't feel as ambitious in the same way as much as like it's aspiring so like, and he takes from so many different places. He's kind of like Alice Bailey in that sense, where if you're reading the secret teachings, you're looking at just all of these different ideas from all of these different people that he's kind of presenting to you. He's almost like a DJ in that sense. Like he's just taking all these different people's works and he's just relaying it instead of, it, it doesn't feel as much like he's trying to impress a particular viewpoint very often. Though there are works that are more like that. The secret teachings don't read like that. Um, I didn't real I, until I, I um, sought out a rabbi to study with. I didn't realize the true distinctions between European occultism and traditional Kabbalah. Um, the the main point that I would make that I couldn't overstress is that for whatever reason, when you're when you're looking at the views of European occultists, they very rarely like emphasize what, as far as I can gather, is like the the absolute crux of the Zohar, which is reuniting the tree. Uh, you have the tree is literally a star, the the six pointed star that's been pulled apart, and um, the the reconcilement of the the masculine and the feminine principle on the tree, the Malkut and the Teferet, that's like the whole aim of the Zohar, especially the the Tikkunim, right? So uh, I mean that's what it means. That's what the repair is. I mean Tikkunim means r repair. So I mean that's at least generally how it's taken. Um, and so I always found that strange that that's kind of like left out. And in, I mean, I, I read the secret teachings. I read what, the wisdom of the knowing ones, a book he wrote on Gnosticism. I read, um, you know, uh, the secret destiny of America, which I love as sensational as it is, you know? Um, but I, I always found that really, um, 
challenging once I started studying more traditional Kabbalah, why that's kind of excluded um, for whatever reason. It's almost like they want to enforce the tree as it exists and they don't, they rarely acknowledge that there's anything to do beyond that, beyond moving through the pathways. Um, and I even like reading Crowley, I don't even fucking get it. I don't understand what he's even trying to do a lot of the time. If you look at his diaries about moving down this path and moving that, I mean, I get it in terms of that he's trying to interact with it, but that type of interaction is something that's kind of only true for the Europeans. That's not like a traditional way of relating, um, to the tree. So I don't, I don't, a lot of the time I don't even know what he's really even talking about. Um, I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but, uh, but Manly P. Hall is a lot of information. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about Manly P. Hall because it's more like if you want to know about Manly P. Hall, you read Manly P. Hall because it's just it's so dense and there's so much there. And um, uh, I don't agree with everything I read, but how often is that true for anything? You know, um, I, I, I yeah. What was your experience with this chapter, Andras? Well, I, I'll tell you, <clears throat> I'm really, I'm just very glad that we have uh, David here because his uh, his uh, scholarly knowledge about the Kabbalah is, is an area where I'm, you know, sorely lacking. But as I'm listening to you talk, David, uh, about the idea of reconciling the tree, uh, that really has been m the entirety of my experience. Uh, with Kabbalah, other than my, you know, the the eight month long course in it that I took with the people who who taught me about it, uh, which their roots were out of a European mystery school, um, they're an American offshoot, and uh, and you know they're doing really interesting work. But you know, as I wrote about in my book, there I consider them one of my balanced diet of cults. The the wonderful cults that I got that I learned from and then turned and in, made into my own thing. And so my experience with Kabbalah has been very experiential, <coughs> excuse me, almost entirely experiential. Uh, I, for people who haven't don't know, I wrote a book about the, there's a Kabbalistic tree of life that's built into the city of Olympia. And I've been living in and around it my whole life without knowing about it. But I took this class that made me aware of it. And then since then, I've very been very consciously been working with it in, you know, walking or running or uh, psychedelic rituals that are really about uh, doing an as above, so below using myself as the, you know, the the rat in the maze of my own consciousness. And uh, and in a way, that's been my, my experience with with um, Manly P. Hall and particularly the secret teachings of all ages was one of being accidentally or consciously accidentally initiated by this book. I it was when I was touring as a musician and I was staying uh, with a friend of mine who worked at the farm sanctuary in Northern California, which is where they like animals that were like too abused to slaughter would get sent to this place to get rehabilitated and have these wonderful lives. It's like, you know, a babe pig in the city kind of story. Anyway, she had one of the large copies of the, of the secret teachings of all ages, one of the big folio ones with the full, with the beautiful fold outs. 
And I saw it and it was one of those kind of moments. And I asked her if I could borrow it. And she said, she was like, yes, you can borrow it. But you, this is not one of those, like, you can borrow it and you don't return it. You can borrow it. <laughs> and the next time, and she, I would stay, she was my crash. She was like, the next time you stay, you come through, then you have to return it. And this was on a spring tour and I knew I would be coming back in the fall. So I made it my thing that I was going to read this book cover to cover over that summer. And this was the summer of 1998, which was the summer that I created Radio 8 Ball. Um, and was, you know, just a, I, as I've talked to a lot of other sync heads, the summer of 98 or the just 98 in general was a, a sort of a turning point year for a lot of people. And so I made a thing. I just read a chapter of it. Uh, I would try and read a chapter of it like every day or every other day, whether or not I understood it. It was yeah. so, I was, I was not initiated into any of that, but it was just sort of this, it was really a ritual for me of like, I can tell this is a powerful thing. And there were some chapters like the ones about, like the conspiracy stuff about Shakespeare, I could understand and read that. <laughs> and that. But the stuff about Pythagoras or <laughs> Hermes, and I'd just be like reading and being like, I don't know, like talking about densest astrological stuff. And I would just read it and, you know, a lot of times I'd read it and smoke pot and just be with it. And looking back, that book and that experience very much initiated me into everything that has come since in my esoteric life, but with very little comprehension. I think that's the, for me, that's the interesting piece of it, that being in the presence of that material without having comprehension still had the effect of drawing me into that a, a different state of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, I, I still don't comprehend it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you read that as a young man. Have you read it since then, aside from the cha chapters that I asked you to read this time? Yeah, no, I have read, uh, and again, I, honestly, when I read the chapters this time, I read with, with, little, with a little bit more comprehension. Um, it reads like poetry about something that I know a little bit about. So, it, but it really, it still reads in the realm of, of poetry to me. I have not, I don't, actually, I don't own the book anymore. Uh, I've given it away uh, many times. Do you have the large version? I, one that's of the large what versions? I, I want to get one of the large versions. Actually, I, when I go down to LA, I go and visit, uh, there's a, theosophy center that has a one of his old library that and it's like it's like something out of raiders of the lost ark it's uh -huh. like this like wooden two-tiered beautiful library <clears throat> you can you know they have visiting hours and you can go in and look at the books and you know it's you know it's a dream for you know bibliophiles uh especially esoteric ones uh and they have gorgeous copies of the book there that i would now one day one day i like the chapter that you had us read and it's fun to revisit that because i get so immersed in kind of a different take on things somewhat um but then i like the way that he just picks specific examples like when he's talking about uh gamatria you know he'll choose a specific example but i mean there's really incredible unexplainable stuff there to delve into um like right away you say 72 
at the beginning of this. Was that a random thing, or is what what was the deal there? Why, oh, why? 72 uh, is the number. Is So that's the 72nd card. Oh, okay. 70. Far freaking out. Um, oh, okay, because it's the discs. And so it's at the... Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting because, you know, the 72-letter the name of God, you know, and if, if you're looking at... Um, what is it? The... Uh, it's Exodus where Moses is standing in front of the Red Sea and he raises his staff and he kind of does this song, you know, and if you take three of those verses um, and that are in a row, each one is 72 letters. Um, and this is how you, you derive one of the names from. But if you add 72 plus 72 plus 72, you get 216. So those who have watched Pi get that on one level, at least the way that Darren Aronofsky was relating to it. Um, it's kind of funny, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a very, very significant thing in Kabbalah where you have one verse, you read it mathematically going in, in one direction, which would be forward, which would, in this case, would be right to left. But then the next line, you read left to right. And then the line after that, you read the other way, which is symbolic of it's kind of trippy, but if you open up the scroll itself that you're reading, uh, traditionally, supposedly, I've seen this from um, some rabbis speaking to this, that you'd basically relate to the Torah scroll as the Red Sea itself parting. And as you read down the page, it's as if you're crossing the sea. And so the, the, li the lines of the you know, 372s going in different directions is taken to be one side is, is one side of the opening of the waters. The other side is the other side of the opening of the waters. And you have the central one. And, uh, that's, that's how you derive this name, which is kind of, um, fascinating. 216 is also the value of Gavora on the tree, um, which is interesting in its own right, uh, especially in regards to what actually happens there when the See, the sea collapses, you know, it's, it's very much, um, in the nature of, of Mars in that sense, it's liberation and destruction at the same time, you know, um, that's kind of a tangent, but I just, I, I, I love that, that whole book, the secret teachings is extremely, um, you know, it's filled with tangents, but they actually all kind of fit in the end. And it's, um, it's challenging to allow them to do that. That's why I would say you almost have to get out of the way to a degree and just read. Like, I like your point there, Andras, because it's totally like that. Like you, just because you don't understand something doesn't mean that that's, that that should detour you from continue, continuing on, you know, um, it's kind of a, an essential quality to, uh, be able to allow. Cause a lot of times if people don't understand something, they give up, um, this is this isn't something to be given up on. You just have to keep going, you know. Oftentimes, forty-two minutes is kind of a general interest introductory show, and so for our listeners who are like, "WTF? I, what is Kabbalah? Is there an easy way to explain that to them?" Or like, when when your friends approach you and say, "What is this all about? How do you give them a thumbnail sketch?" Both of you guys. I have a friend who's an electrician and I ended up just coming like after a long kind of like stressful situation of going back and forth I was like it's the wiring under the board in terms of consciousness um and then he was like ah okay <laughs> we could settle for that you know um because I try to explain it and I get really complex going into all this stuff like talking speaking to like the dynamics of the vacuum and all this kind of business and you're like what the fuck are you talking about i'm just like no it's it's just it's a way to relate to what the nominal existence instead of the phenomenal existence yeah it's a multi-dimensional map of consciousness that well see 
I guess I that's the thing. I like I I have such a rare and uh, relationship with this because I have this two and a half mile long manifestation of it built into the city where I grew up, and so it's like whether or not a new cabal existed, I would know this park existed, and so for me, it's it's I see it very much as a map that I can step into and inhabit and now when i even like when i i don't have to have the actual uh physical place anymore because now i can look at a map of it either in my mind or in a you know on a picture on a on a page and i can imagine i can put myself in gebera or hesed and i can i know what it smells like there i know what it feels like at different times of the year i know what the you know I know. I just I know it, and so I I've found like there is a to me it's very, I when I talk to people about it I try and communicate that sense that it's it is a map of consciousness that you can step into, and as you that's the that's the part that's that's the weaving and the marrying of it. It's not a a thing that's sort of uh, like a map. It is outside of you, but it's only. I mean, unless you're one of those just people who, who actually likes reading maps for fun, the only reason to read a map is because you intend to travel in that region. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. David, could you explain why 10 is important? And then, you know, you were at the Oli Sink Summit. What was it like to be in, the, in Andras's tree? Oh, uh, not my tree. Great. It was Olympia's tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's just a numerical system and said you you know you're going you know you go from one to one and zero it's just you're you're it's the loop it's it's a way to um communicate a cycle and so then the cycle repeats it's the same way that if you're if you're looking at Bereshit or genesis you you should you're supposed to be able to get everything from the first letter from bait and if you don't get it from bait then you get it from Bereshit. And if you don't get it from Bereshit, then you get it from the first sentence. And if you don't get it from the first sentence, then you get it from the first verse, you know? If you don't get it from the first verse, then you get it from the first chapter, you know? And then it extends through the Torah like that, like that you should be able to just get it from that first letter, though. And so in this sense, you, you should be able to get it from one. You should be able to get it from Keter, um, which is one with Malkut. Uh, and if you don't get it there, then you go through this whole process. Well, it's cause... interesting because when I was reading the Manly P. Hall, that was one of the things that actually, like, I excited me because the way he was describing Keter and the number one was almost like the Big Bang. Yeah, totally. But the the difference, like, it's not that something got set into motion and now it's just, you know, it's it's that it's always happening. Like that's the thing about the Big Bang is that it's still banging, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? um, yeah, I, I don't know. And I that's just... why synchronicity. Right? <laughs> that's that's why. Totally. I mean, there, there's a really important point in terms of like it, how, how what what is one's relationship to the thing. Like the term cabal. If there's a cabal, that's a conspiracy, right? And it comes from the same root as Kabbalah. Like that's. It's kind of weird in that way, but it's it's true. Um, but it's like what happened with Kabbalah. Like you have an, a, an initial uh, intention that's not shared by everybody, even initially. But there's there's a goal with Kabbalah to actually 
because you're you're participating in something and it has to do with empire malkut literally translates as empire which is the base of the tree but the base of the tree is in exile so you have the the true empire like the the stone that the builders rejected the, the, if you have an archway and you have the stone in the center uh that everything else depends on that's malkut and that's at the base when it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be united at the center with teferet and so when you're when you're looking at that and you're like well if we're trying to hold this in place to maintain a substitute empire, which is, uh, Christians use that as the, the scarlet woman. I mean, that's what her symbolism means. She's the, the replacement. It's Lamed Lamed, um, whatever, fuck it, I'll say it, Lilith, uh, would, you know, be the, the replacement of that stone. And then the, the empire that's, that's basically essentially like Babel, you know, it establishes itself through that exile. And that's where the sorcery comes in. Uh, if you're looking to, um, you know, reunite that and take the receptive principle, the, the sacred feminine, and put that at the center of the empire that everything should depend on, then how how is that sorcery? Um, in in the sense that it's not a, it's no longer a cabal as we relate to cabal. I mean, it could still be a conspiracy in the sense that conspiracy just means a bunch of people breathing together. <laughs> um, but the way that we relate to that term and the connotation through PR that it's been given, you know, that's. Um, do you, you guys see what I'm saying here? <laughs> yeah, and the tree in Olympia. What were your thoughts about that? Oh, I just love that. I love crossing the street to cross the ot. So to say that we're crossing the abyss and we're going <laughs> around the sea, and it's actually very applicable. The way that um, it's not that you have the everything is set up to a geometry in the seven lower spherot. Uh, but then when you cross that and you're looking at each individual sphera on the other side of the road, you know, I love the way that we traveled along this this kind of hook, you know, um, I, I, I loved it. I loved I just love the conversation and being with all these people that I, I really appreciate um, their intentions and I appreciate where they're coming from with the with the work, you know, um, very sincere group of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was far out. It was a trip. It was awesome. And then Andres, what was it like? To have that whole bunch of people in the tree, like, like your personal experiential map, as you're saying, but then to share it with so many people. Well, I mean, it's always it's always really, really. I, it's it's something I, I always look forward to sharing it with people. And then afterwards, I'm always really surprised at the impact it has on me. Uh, and. I am still sort of reeling from, or not reeling from, but contending with and um, and working through the synchronicities of that day. Uh, I don't know if you're if you are aware of this, David, or if you've, if you've made the connection. Probably you probably have. But the t we while we were walking the tree, the Kabbalistic tree of life was were like the hours that Michael Brown was laying in the streets of Ferguson. We were, that was right, right in that time window. Yeah. And it was August 9th and we had during the radio eight ball show and the, just around the sync summit, there'd been a lot of talk about Manson and the, you know, his whole thing was, the race the coming race wars yeah and super yeah so there's a way like there was this sense of and i get that this happens 
uh, this happens sort of every time that I get together with uh, with sync people. Maybe it uh, definitely uh, it happened at, with the Bay Area Sync Summit. That on the one hand, there's this profound connection that we're sharing, and it just it somehow manifests or brings into stark relief out in the into the world the opposition to that or the. Uh-huh. To the opposition to consciousness. To yeah, it's a Manly P. Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Indeed. Yeah, whole zebra war. Yeah, and what what right. is the real duality? You know, um, it's it's certainly not uh, the the race isn't the real duality. There's a underlying duality, and that's just where we're, you know allowing it to give expression, but yeah, it's kind of a uh, substitute for a, a deeper issue. Yeah. Well, if I, well, push- I was just going to say, if we go back to this, to the song, you know, like, are we breaking up tonight? I think that's the idea is like, there is something about entering into the realm of, let's say pure consciousness, the architecture, the map of consciousness that the Kabbalah offers that requires a breaking up with just lower forms of thinking. And I think that, you know, that's the, I think that if there is a duality, it's between that, it's between consciousness and ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance. Uh, Yeah. Right. If I put you on the spot and said, what are the secret teachings of Kabbalah? How would you answer that? Andras? I'd say that the secret teachings of Kabbalah are not secret. They are pornographically obvious. <laughs> and I think they like they're like the Fenords in in Robert Anton Wilson. It it's it's like synchronicity. It's right there all the time. If you don't, if you like, like David just said, if you choose to live in ignorance of it, you know, then it's not like there's a secret. It's like you have your eye, your your eyes, you're holding your eyes closed and your ears closed and saying na 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 na. Yeah, I'm there's not nothing between a... you and epic character armor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, there's mysteries though. There are great mysteries for sure, but the, a secret is something that's withheld. Um, by an opposing force, but this is nobody but yourself holding. It's like you in fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, Andras. You know, <laughs> you're you're <laughs> who are you fighting? <laughs> best, best, my own demons. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on Manly P. Hall? And now that I'm breaking up with him. <laughs> Go visit his library, man. Make a if if you're ever in LA, make a make a pilgrimage to the Theosophical Society in. Uh, it's up near the. It's actually it's pretty close to the Griffith Park Observatory, so you can knock out two uh, two sink landmarks with one trip. You know. I, I would recommend to people too that he he has a, a huge surplus of recordings, which are it's amazing that those exist, and you can find those and listen to his talks and his lectures. Um, huge recommendation. I think we have, I think there are a bunch of those in Dropbox Forty Two. Oh, really? Cool. And I should note that those of you who don't have access to Dropbox Forty Two, I think, 
in the next week or so, you're going to be able to get access to it. So just keep keep your eyes peeled to thesyncbook.com. I think Alan's going to make some kind of announcement in the next couple of days, I think. Cool. That, yeah, that being said... God, I'm so used to always record where I can just keep talking for three or four hours. <laughs> we're just about done. Andras, could you explain to, to the people what I did with the... the choice of song that thing how do they do that if someone wanted okay. to experience the pop oracle is this ab- available to anyone yes you just go to radio 8ball.com and at the top of the page or at the center of the page center top of the page is uh, an eight like an eight ball and if you hover over the eight or click on the eight it'll give you an opportunity to type in your question and you type in a question and then hit uh hit enter and you'll Get a or not enter, but hit uh, hit ask a question on the on the uh, computer and or on your phone, and a song will be randomly chosen, and the song will correspond with one of the cards from the tarot deck, and in all likelihood, the song will be a song that has been performed on Radio Eight Ball or is one of my own, and in a few cases are by artists who we hope very much to have as guests in the future and are uh, using the magic of this pop oracle to invite them into our orbit. So that's how people can do it, and that's free, and that's been going on. We've been doing that. I mean, this is like the fourth or fifth different version, but definitely the best one so far. The song of the day, how is that chosen, and, and what's the story there? Uh, every day, I just, I at the end of my personal rituals, daily rituals, I enter the date and ju- and pick, have a randomly chosen song come up, and then I share that on the front page of the Radio 8 Ball and on the Radio 8 Ball Facebook and uh, with some commentary about why that's potent for me and, uh, and you know, in the hopes that it, it's going to, it's potent for other people. It, and for me, I've just found that it's, I, I just start, I've just only started doing that since January. The, the new site just got launched in December and uh, it's, it's a, it's been a really nice uh, addition to my own personal rituals. And, uh, and so I hope it's uh, something people enjoy. Well, that's 42 minutes. Thank you for sharing with us guys. Awesome. Thanks for having a fun. Yeah, thanks. It's always fun hanging out with you, David, and uh, and it's always great being on uh, 42 Minutes with you, Doug. Thank you. You've been listening to David Plate and Andres Jones on SyncBook Radio, a production of thesyncbook.com. More information about their work can be found, boy, uh, just start at thesyncbook.com, radioapeball.com. Yeah. There's being there 723.blogspot.com did i get that right you you did I, all my videos have been removed which is a bummer uh i got my account terminated um but uh hey what are you gonna do you know are, are they gone uh a number of them are gone yeah i mean they're, they're all gone from the internet but yeah. yeah but they're going to be in dropbox 42 in the not too distant future i'm going to start putting them in there so well, there they will go. be available yeah For more information about The Sync Book, our guest, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at 42minutes.com. Thanks so much, and we'll close today in the spirit of men everywhere. This might even be Shmushkin's theme song.
<laughs> bye bye. You could probably say I'm difficult. I probably talk too much. I overanalyze and overthink things. Yes, it's a nasty crush. I'm usually only waiting. Stop talking so that I can Concerning two-way streets I have to say